Hello and welcome to The Growth Business, a business podcast sponsored by InCloud Solutions, the center of excellence for mid-market ERP software, business by design. I'm your host, Lucy Thorpe, and today finds us in the process of getting back to business. It feels like we've been on a long journey and it's not over yet, but as business owners, employees and advisors, we need to fight our way towards a new reality. We all have our part to play, which is why this week I'm talking to Maggie Berry, who leads the European arm of We Connect International, a corporate-led non-profit that helps to empower women business owners to succeed in global markets. Maggie was previously the MD of womenintechnology.co.uk and a founder of the Women in Technology Network, so lots to talk about. Thank you very much, Lucy. Delighted to be here. Great to have you. It feels really timely that we should be talking about women in business right now because we're going to need everyone to pull together to get back on our feet after a pretty rough time, aren't we? Yes, I mean, it has been uh, an incredibly different few months, shall we say, for all for all SMEs, not just for women-owned businesses, but you know across the board and for all sorts of different kinds of enterprise. And I think especially for, for women, many of whom may be um, at home with homeschooling and childcare and all those kind of things. I think there's, as well as running their own business, I think there's been a lot of juggling going on, probably for all parents, not just women, but certainly a lot of the information shown that, you know, as as often is the case, a lot of um, responsibilities in the home do do maybe fall more, more squarely on the shoulders of women. But we've also seen lots of experience amongst our women-owned businesses of lots of sharing, assisting each other. So our, our digital marketing experts have been helping out and offering advice about what you can do to shift online. And, and our legal and our HR experts have been helping things like the furlough and staff and what you're, all the different kind of things. So there's been a lot of good things happening even in the midst of all this um, yeah, craziness for the economy. So as a network, I know because I'm part of it, you've been really pulling together, putting on weekly huddles for people to talk about their experiences. How's that been for you? So actually the the group calls have actually provided, I think myself and the team, with a lot of positivity, if that makes sense, in terms of just really hearing what everybody's doing, how the business owners have been approaching it, some very, and most of them, very, very pragmatically. There was a lot of worry and concern in those first couple of weeks and a lot of oh my goodness what what are we doing and then they very quickly realized all the different things that needed to happen all the different things needed to put in place and they got themselves sorted so the the huddles as we've called them are simply an opportunity for our women-owned businesses to come together and share and they've actually been able to for us to shine us a spotlight on all the different things that are doing and for people to really understand right, right they've done that i could do this i need to be aware of that what about this and We've done them focused on our, as you said, my, my remit is the Europe campaign. So they've been focused on Europe. But I know my colleagues have been doing similar things all around the world with We Connect International, which has been amazing to see. So, you know, out of all of this, there has been, you know, some positivity. And I think now as we come out of lockdown, you know, the businesses are going back into their offices. They're thinking about what they're doing or not or changing, you know, changing things that have actually worked quite well for them during lockdown and they're implementing that in their business more generally. People have been remarkably resilient. I mean, it was it was a bit worrying to start with and there was possibly a bit of a panic and some flatlining, but things did seem to pick up. 
did did business pick up or was it just morale i i think possibly a bit a bit of both i mean even even amongst the the large multinationals that we work with i mean a lot of things kind of paused um and then we had a huge focus around requirements for ppe and related equipment that came very quickly um and we've certainly seen the last few weeks now more i'm mean, saying more business as usual requirements coming out and that's one of the big things that we connect does are we we work with two stakeholder groups so our, our network of women-owned businesses and then our network of large multinationals and they're they're sharing visibility on business opportunities and you know where you know where they might be able to buy products and services from women-owned businesses and we're now seeing not just PPE related requests which is encouraging although I think there will still be lots of requirement for you know for equipment in in that space and we've definitely seen examples of our women-owned businesses changing the focus of their business to be able to supply PPE in different ways whether that's face masks or other other equipment you know related to the space that's been really quite interesting as well to see whether people have kind of batten down the hatches, sat tight, or as the entrepreneurs, as many of them are around, right, how, what do I do in the entrepreneurial spirit shining through? So you touched there a little bit on why WeConnect exists in the first place. It seems a shame that we have to have a special network, but the need does still exist though. It does. I mean, I, we estimate uh, globally that only 1% of corporate and government spend around the world goes to women-owned businesses and we're on a mission to shift that 1%. Um, even shifting it though to 2% or 3% is billions of dollars of spend and it's it requires an ecosystem approach so you're quite right I wish we didn't need to be here and I'm sh- I kind of feel the same about a lot of different initiatives in the diversity space but the reality is in the business environment right now we are still desperately needed and um it is um as you referenced it's a corporate led initiative um and we're on a you know we're on a mission to shift this 1% we want to know where you know where are all the women owned businesses what products and services have they got what are they selling what what can we put in front of the corporations that they might be able to then buy from women owned businesses you know here here in Europe but all around all around the world um and it's I always describe it as hugely interesting, um, but it's it's really it's it's hard. It's tough to change the way that large corporations buy, and so it's really important for us all the time to know who are the women-owned businesses. We are the central resource that these corporations can use. So you know, if if you meet or you know women-owned businesses, we say please get please get registered with us because it's a really easy way for us to signpost the different talent that is within female-owned businesses that we can then share share with corporations but that one percent stat yeah i want to change it i i don't want to still be saying the same stat in a few years time um but it's yeah it's a it needs a global a global approach it can't just be sorted out by one company or one organization and we certainly need lots more women-owned businesses setting up and running businesses you know that have products and services in that kind of b2b and corporate space as well that's very important so what are you hearing from the corporates when you approach them? Is there reluctance? Is there enthusiasm? Do they feel that women bring something particular to the table that they like? The the, to- the supplier diversity topic is still relatively new in the European landscape. Actually, in a lot of countries outside of the US, it's, it came out of the um, really the civil rights movement in the United States, the 1960s. I mean, some of the corporations we work with have supplier diversity programs IBM's supplier diversity program is over 50 years old um you know so these are long-term programs um 
And really, I think one of the key drivers is around uncovering the talented SME suppliers that they don't know yet. Um, and why do you want to just keep buying from the same old, same old suppliers and not constantly checking the market for, you know, suppliers who may well be bringing a, a different um, a, um, a, a different vision on things or they might be more cost effective or innovation is a key point that SMEs generally bring bring to large corporates and that's a big that's a big part of it um so it's a growing movement in europe um and we have a lot of very dedicated corporations that we work with um and they're at the forefront and i think one of the things to be clear about is we we work with about 100 100 multinational corporations there's a very public list on our website so you can see that um and they're really leading the way but there's obviously hundreds more corporations that we'd like to have engaged and involved. So we do spend a lot of time talking about this topic within the procurement and the business community, not only to the women-owned businesses, but also to you know to the corporations and making them aware of the reasons, you know, the business case behind it. And it's very similar to the business case around why you want a diverse workforce, which is very accepted. You know, that is why you would want a diverse supply chain as well. And I think where you spend your money is a pretty surefire indicator of your commitment to diversity. So you mentioned the civil rights movement and with the Black Lives Matter campaign really bringing diversity issues to the fore at the moment, are we going to see We Connect branching out at all? So We Connect is a gender campaign. So the We of We Connect stands for Women's Enterprise and it's a global campaign and all, all women are, are are welcome. And within the network, we definitely have a, a whole mix of um, nationalities, ethnicities, um all all different things it's a very it is a very mixed network because we're working globally there are also other campaigns already established around ethnic minority owned businesses lgbt owned businesses um the other strands would be around disabled owned uh, veteran owned so ex service people um and i think another campaign that's pretty very strong in the uk is the social enterprise sp- uh, um campaign social enterprise uk um so there are already five or six campaigns with similar similar focus which is essentially around how we can help corporations buy from previously underutilized suppliers you know even if we just look at the uk we own less than 20 percent of businesses and i i want to see more women business owners being able to succeed in global markets um so yes there are, you know there's already you know there's already quite a wide a wide range of a wide range of campaigns in this space and we happen to be the global one around gender so women-owned businesses. Fantastic. So you have an OBE Maggie did you get that for your work with WeConnect or did you get that for something else tell me about it. I mean I'm still I was it was awarded in the Queen's Birthday Honours list last year um totally out of the blue um and I have to admit, I still don't know who nominated me or anything like that. So it's just been incredible. And so it was for services to women in business and women in technology. So a bit of both. Really the work that I've done over the last 15 years or so. Um, a, a completely amazing honour. We went to Buckingham Palace. So my husband and my parents and I, we went to Buckingham Palace in January to actually receive it. And, and it was presented by uh, Prince William. It was amazing. The whole day was amazing. And I think for me, just a a genuine celebration of all the different women I have met along the way um, through my work at Women in Technology, through the work that I do at WeConnect, through my all the different other networks that I'm involved in. Um, and, you know, I'm my my driver is I want to see 
I said it a few moments ago, I want to see more women succeeding and achieving. But whatever that success looks like to them, because success is different for everybody. So whether you're in a corporate world and you want to be the next CEO or whether you want to run your own business and you want to go for massive global growth or actually you want to set up a business that, you know, is a small team that you, you know, that you're, you know, you, they work in the same, you know, same town, all those different things. Success is different for everybody, but I want, I want people to be able to, uh, women to be able to, you know, achieve those goals and have the confidence to maybe make the change they need to make, apply for the next job, apply for the next promotion. Um, and that's, that's my, that's just drives me all, all the time. And I'm, I feel very privileged to the job that I do at We Connect International because I tell you what, the business owners we work with, the amazing female business owners, they inspire me every day. I, I, I love their ethos, how they run their teams, the cultures they're creating. I want to work with some of them. I want to be in their teams. Um, and I, so I feel incredibly, yeah, incredibly lucky to do, to do this job. Oh, we're really inspired by you. That's brilliant because I asked you about you and you've managed to turn it around to include everybody, which is fabulous. And it's clearly what you do. <laughs> you were very lucky to get your ceremony in in January. In retrospect, yes. <laughs> so tell me about your previous role in women in technology. I'm really interested in that. And I'm keenly interested in how you feel that we in technology are doing, really. We set the website up in 2005. So, you know, it's more than 15 years ago. We actually launched it on International Women's Day in 2005. Um, and really, it was all about helping corporates to hire more female tech talent. Um, I don't think the stats have changed much. I mean, less than 20% of the tech workforce is still female. Um, we want to shift that. Um, but the, the website developed into an online job board so the companies could put their jobs up. We had networking and events. Um, I, and, I lo and I loved it. And we, we, we hosted so many different events and programs and training to support women in the tech, in the tech sector. And then in 2012, that's when I actually joined We Connect International. It was a huge, it was a huge wrench to leave. But I, for me professionally, I needed to do something different on a day-to-day -day basis and kind of shift and grow my, you know, grow my own skills. But I'm still very involved informally in the women in tech space. Not maybe as much as I like, because I there are quite simply not enough hours in the day. But um, I'm one of the organisations that I support very strongly is the Worshipful Company of Information Technologists. So they're one of the livery companies. They're a modern livery company in the city of London. Um, and I very much enjoy being part of that organisation. Um, I still do things like I'm one of the judges for the Computer Weekly Most Influential Women in UK Technology. Um, there are still there are loads of great groups like, like they're like like BCS Women or um and in fact I think this week the We Are Tech Women conference is happening. There's so much good stuff and I think looking back to two thousand and five when there was maybe just a couple of organisations looking at this, and there has been so much growth in the sector, so much more awareness about the importance of women in tech and women in STEM generally which is great, but there's still so much more that needs to be done. But the same I know is true of many different types of sectors. It's not, you know, it isn't just tech. And in fact, one of the things I've realised in the procurement world, because procurement are the, the corporate context that we work with, that we connect, there are women in procurement initiatives. So I've, I've realised that actually for even within procurement, we work with a pretty even split of male and female contacts, but even in procurement, they, want, they would love to see more women 
in the senior roles, more female CPOs and, and all that kind of stuff. And I know it's the same in, in many, many other areas. So I think so much of the focus around women in business generally works across so many sectors. And it goes back to my point earlier around how do we help more women to succeed and achieve and to keep applying for those promotions and, you know, enabling them to have the careers that they would like. And sometimes it's just being the change, just being a woman in a tech office so that other people can see you there. Although obviously much harder when your office is closed. And I think but the point about role models is incredibly important. Um, over the years, I have heard so many amazing senior women talk and tell their stories. They're often events where, you know, they're on the platform and it's maybe like a fireside chat type type event. And you you really hear about the early stages of their careers and different things that they, you know, the different steps they did and kind of highs and lows. And quite often when you come across senior people in business, you, you've no context of how did they get there? What did they do to get there? So being able to hear from these women about what happened, what went well and what didn't, I think is incredibly important. And it's been for me over the years, some of my most favourite events that I've gone to, to hear from, I say for me, mainly women, but I mean, obviously some guys as well over the years around what they've done. And I think that's incredibly insightful because so often they come along and it's almost as like these people are an overnight success. And that is not it's simply not the case. So much hard work goes into building these careers or building businesses. And I think as you're sitting there, maybe if you're like five years behind them in terms of where you are in your in your employment or in running your business is understanding, you know, the different things that they've done and how they've done it and how they've approached it. And I think that's one of the things that we try to share within the We Connect network around top tips amongst the female business owners themselves, the women business owners to share this work well. This is one of my top tips don't do that that's where I failed and um I, th- I think that's so important so that role modeling and having more women business owners standing up to say yep this I'm I'm a women business owner it's not necessarily their defining characteristic of their business their defining characteristic is that they're a really brilliant xyz supplier of whatever it is that they're doing but being a woman-owned business is 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 part of their is part of their DNA and we want to be able to shine a more more strong light on that so do you think then that in the future, are we in the process of reimagining that kind of networking, the award ceremony and the events where we, where we just stand there and have a chat? Are we going to have to reimagine those completely? Um, yes, I've, we've, spoken, we've spoken to some of our uh, women-owned businesses that are experts in the events field. In fact, we're doing an event in a couple of weeks with, um, with an organisation called Orange Door, who we've always worked very closely with. Um, around some of the We Connect international events. And what they've told me is actually virtual was coming anyway. Within the event space, virtual was coming. COVID-19 has accelerated that change as it's accelerated change for so many industries. Um, what I think will probably, I suspect that we'll move towards is probably a hybrid type event where maybe there's some people in the room and there's other people dialing in from around the world. And in fact, as I, our next big in-person conference will be the spring of 2021. And I'm already imagining... Yeah, there's going to be some of us together in person, but are we going to be able to live stream some of the core sessions so that actually maybe participants from Australia or from Latin America or from Canada, XYZ supplier of whatever it is that they're doing can participate even if they can't physically be in in the UK. The the one bit that's very difficult, as you say, is that kind of informal chit chat. I mean, certainly, you know, at the end of the day over a glass of wine or maybe during the day and lunch over, you know, with a cup of tea. I, I don't quite know how we 
how we replicate that, but we are definitely seeing brilliant examples of it happening in different platforms that are being used. We just delivered a big virtual event on Monday that had trade booths, it had networking, it had live sessions, we had recorded sessions, all, you know, all in one platform. <laughs> so it's it's exciting to think what we can do. And I certainly, for me, I'm very excited about the, the possibility of really connecting up our global network and our women-owned businesses all around the world, you know. So, you know, could it be you know, say for in-cloud solutions, could we be finding you partners in other parts of the world that you could work with? Um, could it be that there might be, you know, maybe for some of our events providers that they could build partnerships with events providers in, in I don't know, in Argentina, for example. So then when they get global requirements in for Latin America, they can, they've got, they've got partnerships between the women-owned businesses. So I'm personally very excited about that possibility. It's great to see your optimism, Maggie. It's, it's contagious. And thank you. I know that you're busy, so I'm going to let you go. Great to talk to you today. <laughs> thank you, Lucy. And I'm I'm pleased if, if anybody's listening to this and they want to find out more about We Connect International, have a look at the website. We you know, the team is is always really, really happy to share information. And you know, although we're focused here on Europe, we've got colleagues all around the world. So check it out and we would love to know and identify and have more and more women-owned businesses registered with us. And certainly on the corporate side, we'd love more corporations to be embracing this supply chain inclusion, you know, as a core part of their business processes. I think the importance of buying from diverse-owned businesses is huge. And I think in light of COVID-19, even more important so that businesses are no longer, you know, relying on, you know, just one big global supplier who can't actually ship stuff around the world and having suppliers more locally and regionally. And I think the the supply chain inclusion piece is going to play really well and link up really well into that. So, yeah, fingers crossed that we can really help our women owned businesses make more and more connections in the coming in the coming weeks and months. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you again to Maggie, who is so inspiring. That's it for the growth business this time. See you soon for more business chat. Goodbye.